Carson? What's going on, guys? We're back with another Sunday talk. We're answering all your guys' lovely, lovely Instagram questions. Um, so, yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, the first one, shout out our boy, uh, John Adamson. Uh, we love you, kid. Uh, his question, odds that the Eagles select a QB at 12. They don't believe in Jalen Hurts. Um, Liam, I'll, I'll let you start this time. What, what do you think? I mean, John's right. Uh, there's a lot of reports coming out there. There's a reason why they signed Flacco. Their I mean, their coach, uh, Nick Sartini, I think his name is, uh, has been kind of the crazy guy recently talking about his all um, rock, paper, scissors stuff. But, I mean, it's an open competition out there. I feel bad a bad because I think Jalen Hurts is a guy everyone's rooting for. But I think at this point, I don't see a quarterback worthy enough to pick at 12. Um, I mean, we just did our mock draft, and you'll see if you look at it coming – later this week. Um, but I don't think there'll be a quarterback there. Uh, realistically, I think they should go for one in the second round. Uh, I think someone like Kellen Mond or David Mills would be a good guy uh, to pick up. So um, I think it's going to be someone like that, you know, go for another second round quarterback. They need other needs to address at number 12. They can't be wasting it on a quarterback. So that's what I got to say. Yeah, I also think that the, the guys in the first round available just like really don't like, I don't think the Eagles have any interest in the QBs in the first round. I think they've got a lot of other more glaring needs that, you know, you're supposed to use that first round pick on. Like, you know, if they go pits, if they go O-line or if they go receiver, those are all three needs, you know, that they could still have success with Jalen if they, you know, if they, if they rolled with him and gave him some weapons or some help. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think like Jalen, yeah, he might not – be the guy, I guess, if they don't really believe in him. But he still showed enough where he should deserve, you know, he deserves to be the starting QB, at least give it a shot. And, they, yeah, like you said, their, you know, their roster has so many holes. They should really just draft, like, the best guy available, honestly. Um, and not, you know, because, like you guys said, there's, it's not like there's really going to be, like, a quarterback that's going to might be that much better than Jalen at 12. Um, so next question coming from Goobs. The, you know, the Chicago Cubs of our uh, – of our fantasy league, love the lovable loser. Uh, we love you, Gibbs. Uh, what are your thoughts on the number rule change in the NFL? I'll just start off because I ain't got much to say. I could care less. I'm all for the player empowerment. They want to wear whatever number. Um, I'll just read off the rule real quick uh, if you guys don't know. So quarterbacks, punters, and place kickers uh, can wear numbers 1 through 19, uh, DBs 1 through 49, uh, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers can be one through 49, which a wide receiver out there wearing 49 like would be pretty weird, I would be honest. Um, and then 80 through 89, offensive linemen can wear 50 to 79, defensive linemen 50 to 79, and 90 to 99. And then linebackers can be 1 to 59 or 90 to 99. Like I said, I could care less, but I'm here for all the reasons, the pros and cons of what you guys might have. So Jose, or actually Liam, you really want to start. You got a strong opinion about this. I'll let you go ahead and start this time. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of bullshit uh, explicit there, but um, I had a good reason. Uh, I think Tom Brady came out to the media and had a good reason about it. When he's talking about offensive linemen, it's going to get kind of confusing where they don't know, um, you know, if it's a line, if it's like, you know, a slimmer linebacker, you know, out there rushing it, or is it going to be a cornerback? They don't know because the guys can be the same number now. It's going to take a lot more, you know, paying attention because now you don't have the numbers to profile them. You got to profile them by their number and knowing what position they are by that number. Uh, I also think from a business aspect, um, it just gives a lot of inventory away. 
Um, the example that we were talking about earlier, let's say you have an Odell Beckham number 13 jersey for the Browns, and next year he decides to switch his number back, I mean, go to like number three. So then you basically just lose your jersey, essentially, unless there's a system, you know, like American Express does where you can change your jersey out. But otherwise, you just have a jersey of the player that doesn't really make sense anymore because now he switched his number. Um, but then again, I understand what Carson's coming from. I mean, if they want to switch your number, so be it. Um, but I think it'd just be kind of weird because it's been the way this way for so long. So why is there a need to change it? So, Yeah. I mean, it's the no fun league. Uh, I think <laughs> – there's really no reason to 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 enact this rule besides for just like a business standpoint. Like it's it's the no fun league at this at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, so next question we got NBA player who would flourish on another team. Um, this one was pretty tough for me because uh, I didn't want to give like I, I feel like you know guys like Beal, Towns, you know really talented players on really bad teams. Those are like kind of the obvious answers. Um, so I, I try to stay away from those guys, but I don't know. I want to hear what you guys have to think. I'll start with Jose this time. My bad. I didn't hear the question. Oh yeah. Just a NBA player that would oh, flourish okay. on another team. Yeah. Mine friend was actually Chase. shout out Chase, friend of the show. Yeah. Facts. Shout out to Chase. Mine was actually a uh, buddy healed, not only because I don't want him on our team, but because I think he's like just such a stereotypical, like player that will fit on any team. Just like a, a guy that shoots threes and like plays decent defense, except on the Kings where he seemingly can't do a damn thing. Um, like if he was on the Warriors or something, like I feel like the Warriors could really use a guy like this or, you know, any team for that matter. But I think every team needs shooting. Yeah, the Lakers, I'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Wait, Carson, who'd you play? I went with I went with Devonte Graham. I think the uh, the guards, um, the Hornets. It's super crowded. Um, I mean, because you got uh, you got Lamelo, uh, you got Scary Terry, um, Malik Monk has been you know showing that you know he's still solid. Don't sleep on him. And I think it's it's just super crowded. I think uh, you know Devonte Graham. He showed it last year when he had the opportunity. Uh, you know, he was almost the most improved player. Um, and just had a really solid season. I think you know a lot of teams that just need scoring out of the uh, out of the backcourt. I think a team like maybe like the Knicks or something, uh, who you know would need a little extra scoring or something like that. I just think it's it's just too crowded. There's really no reason to have them because you know you have Terry Rozier basically does the same thing, um, as well as like Monk. So it's just like it's kind of crowded. And I feel like it, he would be a perfect candidate to get traded to another team and flourish in that just like kind of scoring role. Perfect, like, six-man guy, I think. Uh-huh. Well, then, well, I'll go man. off. Um, I'm staying in Charlotte. I think Miles Bridges would be a guy I'd love to see on another team. He's been having some pretty decent games now with LaMelo Ball out. But I think it's a really crowded wing space as well. You know, they got um, Aussie Gordon Hayward, who's the star out there. Um, and then also, you know, P.J. Uh, Washington gets his – you know, they him and Miles Bridges share the spot, power forward sometimes. So, I think he's someone that, you know, he's been showing off lately. I think he's averaged, you know, 18 to 20 points uh, in like seven to eight rebounds on another team. Uh, some other guys that came up with, I think John Collins could be an all-star because uh, I think he gets kind of misused in Atlanta now that Clint Capella has been the guy that's been shining for them as the big man. And he just never seemed to be a guy that's been like the main focal point of Atlanta, you know, even though he's had crazy good progression coming out of Wake Forest. And um, 
a guy we just talked about a couple of minutes ago before we hopped on. I think Michael Porter Jr. I think it's really that Jamal Murray's going to hold him back as the wing scorer, but I think this guy could average 25 points a game easy if you put him on a team next year. That was by himself. Or if Jamal Murray, you know, took a step back, but I don't think there's enough scoring to be allowed to have like three 20-point-per-game scores on that Denver team. Yeah, I think you're right about Porter. That Porter would be like the instant star on like a, you know, if he went to, uh, you know, another team that's like rebuilding or something. That's why I think like Porter was like the perfect candidate to be in like a Bradley Beal, like a Lowry trade or something um, for the Nuggets if they were willing to do that. Or even like the like a Harden trade if they really wanted to go after him. He's like the perfect guy to throw in a trade like that. Uh, he's just such a perfect fit with Jokic. Like I love seeing them. Uh, how those two play off each other, but but that's a great pick. Uh, next from David uh, Hinn, I'm pretty sure. Running backs bound yeah. to have a breakout year next year. Uh, I'll take I'll take this one first. A guy that we saw last year ranked pretty highly in the preseason um, rankings, but he had little to no production for like weeks one through thirteen. It wasn't until the, you know the end of the season that this guy really really broke out. And I think it's, it's an, on a team that is in the right direction offensively. Um, and it's Cam Akers. I think he's got the typical build to be, you know, a real workhorse for them. He's 5'10", 215. He's shifty, he's explosive. Um, you know, and I think they're really going to depend on him next year to, to take the reins of their run game. And it's not like we've never seen the Rams have a successful run game because a few years ago, Todd Gurley was the consensus number one pick because of how great this Rams run game was. Obviously, their O-line is not as great anymore, but I think Akers is a pretty good candidate for a breakout next season, and hopefully he can do it for the whole season. All right, so then, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go a younger guy here. Uh, I think it's a guy who is going to an offense that um, needs a bell cow back, and um, – They've tried to have it in the past with Kenyon Drake. So, I mean, you see where I'm alluding here. I think James Conner is going to get a rejuvenation. I think, you know, he lost a lot of his confidence in Pittsburgh last year, given that they kind of abandoned that run game. You know, there's times they'd have like seven rushing attempts a game, which I think was just ludicrous. Um, obviously, it's not a super talented offensive line, but I still think they can improve on that in the draft still. Um, I mean, they still got some solid guys like DJ Humphreys out there. But um, I think James Conner is a guy that could maybe get back to Pro Bowl status and, Someone that I might look at as a lower flex in fantasy this year. But um, then again, you know, I think the other guys that are younger could do very well as too. But, you know, hey, shout out David, though. Mohai, ASP president-elect. So, thanks for the question. He's the president now? He's the new ASP president. Shout out to David Hinn. Damn, that's crazy because I'm sorry, bro. I don't even know who that kid is, but shout out to him for that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And mine, um, you know, I went with the younger guy, uh, like Jose. Um, I think Dobbins is going to be a beast. I mean, they're, they're just going to go full in on the rushing attack. And I think with him and Lamar, it's just, it's just dirty. And I think they'll probably start to fade out Gus Edwards a little bit just because, uh, you know, Dobbins just showed a lot. Um, so that was my pick. Uh, kind of a cop out just picking like a guy like that. But I still I really think he's going to go off. And then last question, uh, shout out my boy Josh, uh, my roommate's brother. Uh, do you think Tatis has peaked too early or will he keep up these numbers? we got a baseball question. We still like and follow baseball. We're all baseball advocates here. Um, I'm just going to start this off real quick. 
I think, yes, I think Tatis, he's like the Luca of baseball where he's already putting up crazy numbers. He's only just going to get better and better. Like by the time he hits his prime, he's just going to have ridiculous, ridiculous, like probably like MVP like seasons. And the kid's the truth. He's like the future. And I, I think, uh, yeah, he's not peaking. I think this is going to be like, you know, continuous. And if he's, if he doesn't end up like without like a 10, 20 year career, like Hall of Fame, I think it would be pretty disappointing career, honestly, because he's that talented. He's showing he's that good that early. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think he can keep this up for sure. I don't know. What about, what about you guys? Yeah. I mean, barring injuries, this is a guy who yeah. has already transformed the face of baseball, like already been so like monumental for this shift towards like, um, like more fun, you know, like player oriented, you know, baseball is really the no fun. Like they're actually yeah. the no fun league. Yeah, they are the true no fun league. Um, but I think Tatis has done a lot already in like changing the narrative of baseball. And, and like, I feel like even if he's not, you know, of generational talent, he will still be a damn good baseball player because he's just so athletic. He's so defensively sound, um, you know, and he's good with the bat. He's good in the big moments. He's shown in the playoffs. He was good in the big moments. He's a gamer. Straight and I mean, his dad is Fernando Tatis Sr. I think there's no way this kid fails in the MLB barring injuries. Um, but I don't know if he's going to be like an all time great. I have I get a lot of like Bryce Harper vibes where, um, you know, he has soup. He's super hyped up when he's young. We're like expecting him to be Mike Trout or something. And then he's just like he's still good. But because he'd never, like, lived up to those, like, super expectations, everyone just thinks he's a bum. Um, yeah. And Bryce Harper is no bum. And I don't think – Yeah, Tuck- Bryce Harper's still, like, a really, really solid player. Yeah. So he's think- a top MVP candidate still, so. Yeah, literally. Um, so, yeah, just – I have so much faith in this kid. Like, I love watching him play. Um, and he's so good for the face of baseball. Yeah. I mean, just kind of going off that, I mean, I've really started to get into baseball recently. Uh yeah, like you guys said, this kid's got swagger. I mean, who doesn't love the bat flips? You know, obviously he was uh, teasing on Trevor Bauer last night. Um, but, I mean, this kid's got the full package. He can hit the ball. He can run. Um, he's obviously a gold glove fielder as well. And, uh, you know, they've been really turning around there uh, in San Diego. I think it's a really good competitive NL West this year. Uh, the San Francisco Giants have been doing well. Obviously, this Dodgers-Padres rivalry is one that we're all going to love to see. But, you know, the Padres haven't had a lot of success in recent years. You know, um, last year lost to the NLDS uh, 3-0. But before that, 2006 was the last time they made the playoffs. Um, They need a guy like Tatis who can lead this team. And, you know, with a better starting pitching rotation now, you know, you got you Darvish, you got Blake Snell, former Cy Young. I mean, you got what two former Cy Youngs, Um, Chris Paddock, uh, Joe Musgrove. I think it's going to be a solid team out there. I know they have a really solid team out there and I just really hope so because, you know, San Diego, they lost their football team. I know it was really sincere to them. Uh, you know, I had some good times out there with Danian Tomlinson, Philip Rivers, you know, all those guys, but I really hope that the San Diego Padres team makes some noise this year. Um, but like I said, you know, I think the way I see it with Tatis, I think he might have not like as good as Mike Trout, but, Hopefully he doesn't run into like a playoff drought thing where they just can't mm-hmm. make the playoffs because they're in such a competitive division. So, yeah. you know, you're always going to have the Dodgers or just going to have the money out there. But I, uh, yeah, like I love the Bryce Harper comparison. I think it's going to be like him and Juan Soto are going to be the f- faces of uh, baseball in the next couple of years. 
Obviously, no one Soto was. Cunha. Yeah, and Acuna. That's yeah. There's a lot of guys, you know, but I just really love the kid. Uh, I think you know, I think there might be a year in the next like two or three years where he has a down year, and people just really start to doubt him, and then he'll come back and have like an amazing, you know, silver slugger MVP season. But I mean, he finished fourth in the MVP in last season. Um, yeah. What also his his teammate Manny Machado finishing above him, but. You know, they got a good pairing there in the infield. Obviously, amazing pitching staff and some other solid guys around them. Hopefully, we see them in the playoffs this year. And I'd love to see them go against the Dodgers in the series. So, Let's go, Padres. Yeah, let's go, Padres, because I, I just want to see the Dodgers lose. So, all right, yeah, that was our, yeah. So that was our last question. Thank you guys all for uh, submitting those. We This is probably, like, our favorite episode to do. Like, we just love, like, hearing what you guys want to hear about and answering them. Uh, so yeah, without further ado, we're just going to wrap up the Sunday talk. See you guys on our next episode, uh, mock draft coming soon, right before the actual draft, uh, this Thursday already, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Any last right. words from y'all? I think we're all good. Everyone, if you want to submit questions, drop them down in the comments too. We'll do our best to answer whatever we can. Um, you know, the more questions, you know, ask college football, ask college basketball. We know a lot of things, you know, maybe one of us might be a specialist in something. Um, we love to hear your questions. Maybe just not golf though. I, I don't know that much about yeah, golf. Yeah, not golf, not golf. I couldn't do golf, but no golf. I mean, baseball. I'm not a big USC guy. Baseball. I'm big on baseball. I love the direction. No hockey either. I don't know hockey. Yeah. But hey, if we can answer it, we'll do our best to do so, so. Exactly. All right, peace. <laughs>